I... Well, I just got the email now. Even though it was sent a few days ago. Laid off. Thought they would be nicer about it, but... They were nice in the worst way. If you catch my drift. So, now that I'm looking for new work, I decided to crash at my sister's apartment. She just got tested, so... We're all on lockdown in her apartment until the ten days are up. Even after the results come back, in case it's a false negative. So in that time, she let me use her home computer, and I have some time to talk. I was thinking about some stories my old Disney co-worker Scott told me. Uh, they were pretty funny. One of them was back at a hot summer day that he was working near Splash Mountain, and someone looked drenched, and he made the comment, Gotta love getting wet out there. Turns out that was the wrong thing to say because this large and wide woman asked, Excuse me? Now, he was only assuming that they had gone on the ride, so when the woman was upset that she was sweating, <laughs> he felt the hammer drop like he was a little kid in trouble. He was literally reported to the manager, and this was before we threw around the Karen vernacular. We just call this the big wet bitch story. The next story Scott actually liked telling is about this family at the gift shop, where security cameras later caught a three-year-old girl shoplifting a Minnie Mouse hat, and that both parents unknowingly looked at each other and smirked. Not because they knew it was stolen. It was most likely that each one thought the other had bought it for her. So they walked out of the park before he could contact them. A pretty innocent story. Aiden had a real feel-good story about a hospital patient who met her favorite Disney princess. Honestly, I don't have the words to describe when dreams really do come true for someone before the end. And honestly, his story may be harder for me to tell you than Mark's. Mark was one of the older workers at the park, and really the oldest I ever talked to. The guy was 73, so, you know, he can tell his fuzzy memories of his first years at the park was open, and that when he was pushed in a stroller... He remembers his mom leaving him in the stroller, and how this tall man stood by his stroller to watch him. The man wasn't a family member, or even a mascot. But what stuck out to him was that he was arrogant. He doesn't remember if he dressed nice, but that wasn't it. Like, that was the vibe he gave off. Even though the memory is really hazy, he remembers feeling like this man has a dark sense of confidence and that he could get away with anything. The man reached toward him, but right at that moment, his mother came out of the bathroom and took him away from that strange and confident man. As the years rolled by, he found himself working at the park as he was stacking the park strollers, and he was just about done when he found the last one and suddenly felt a presence. Standing near that stroller was a woman who, like the confident man, looked into the child in the seat, and at first thought that this was the mother. That was over when the mother ran towards them both, shouting. He called security and had the strange woman taken away. Now, once in a while, as he was putting strollers away, someone would call out to him and ask for his attention. 
Every time he did, they started a long conversation, asking about where certain rides or places were and are, and the changes to the park, and thanking him for his time. By the time he got back, nothing unusual happened. So he went about the next days, doing the same thing. One day, though, as he was stacking the carts and strollers, he counted that one was missing. Odd. Perhaps it was near a ride queue. It wasn't. Since it was the only one, he let it slide and went back home until his next shift. It wasn't until a few days when the same thing would happen once in a while. At least it felt like it didn't happen every day. So, why worry? He had no idea where the missing strollers went, and what's more, he didn't really care. And as the years went by, he lost track of when this would happen and how long it had been since the last time it happened. Until pretty soon, he was numb to it. Several strollers were missing a month, every year, and since there were still more than enough to go around, nobody really said anything to him. Besides, they sometimes ordered more, so that was when he told himself that he really didn't care and that it shouldn't bother him. Around that time, he was transferred to the new California Adventure Park, and worked at the Bugs Life area. And, well, he's been working at California Adventure ever since. So, one night in 2016, he tells us about these missing strollers. When we ask, why does he tell us so late, and why now, he gives his reason. Mark said that he was on a long road trip by himself. It was getting really late. He was running out of gas. There wasn't a city or even a streetlight for miles. He was in the middle of nowhere. And that was all he knew. He pulled over and took a nap in his car. That night, in the dark of the desert, he felt the warm wind belie the cold night. It was difficult for him to sleep. And that was when he heard it. A loud, unearthly series of cries in the dark. Distant screams echoing in the night. If he could listen carefully, he said, each almost sounded like a baby cry. Although he said he hadn't ruled out that he was hearing coyotes or some other animal make a similar sound. What's more, the next morning his car wouldn't start. He got out and began to push it down the road in neutral when an old beat-up pickup pulled in next to him, and this dirty little teenage boy with a big toothy grin asked if he needed a lift to town. He said he needed a tow, but the kid just looked at him like he hadn't heard that word before. As they went over and around the large mesa, Mark realized that they were going off-road. This is a shortcut to town. As a matter of fact, it's the only shortcut to town. <laughs> they pulled into a quaint little town with a sense of peace and safety there. Mark didn't know what to think. The people there were very hospitable to him, and he couldn't bring himself to feel any discomfort. He tried calling, but the reception died, and there were no cell towers. He asked if there was a phone that he could use, and everyone in town would look at him the same funny way not knowing exactly what he was talking about, and try to change the subject. As a matter of fact, nobody had a phone. And 
No place even had a TV. The only electric outlet was rusted over with the frame chipped off, and the only use was to help pump the gas he desperately needed into a gallon can. People offered him a ride, that same pickup, to and back from his car, as they looked like they had never taken anyone else in that pickup in months. However, as clueless technology-wise as the townspeople were, they were so friendly and charming that that Mark didn't care much about that. It gave him the feeling of how places used to be, when everyone knew each other on a first-name basis. That kind of thing. Anyway, as he drove off past the town, he took off his hat and waved goodbye, and they were all smiles, and some even begged him to stay. He had to keep going, so he said his farewells, and that was all he ever saw of that town tried finding it again, even took the same roads, but it was all just desert. What he told us next, though, chilled us in the back of our necks. Um, let me see if I can remember how he put it in his own words. Funny thing, after I drove past that town, my car almost fell off into a canyon that cracked in the floor, like, from out of nowhere. Luckily, I backed up just in time to pull out safely before gravity did its dirty work. We all laughed. But his story wasn't over. And, well, you wouldn't believe how many strollers I saw at the bottom of that canyon.